is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part one with Alex Puett, we talk about how nothing is linear. We also talk about how passion will get you through and some lessons learned on the Legally Blonde tour. So I hope you enjoy part one with Alex Puett. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Alex Puett. Alex, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Clayton. What what a glorious time to document in your life. Hades Town. Uh, we haven't seen each other in a long time. There's so much more I want to talk about with your life and career path. Before we do, I want to take it back to the beginning of time for you. What were your entertainment dreams growing up? I've, I've always wanted to be on Broadway. That was always my goal since I was a tiny, tiny little boy. I knew it from the second I stepped on a stage and... Uh, especially when I saw my first Broadway national tour, I was like, that's what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. What show is it? Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoats. Um, and then the first, the first uh, show I ever did as a little boy, I was, it was Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And I was a frog. I was a little baby frog in a giant, like, stuffed frog hat. And I was hooked instantly. What did your parents teach you about work ethic? I mean, the most important thing that they taught us growing up was do what you love and the rest will fall into place. Mm -hmm. um, all three of my siblings, uh, sorry, there are three of us, two of my siblings, um, we're all doing things that we are passionate about for our careers, um, which I think is a testament to how we were brought up. And, and our parents just really taught us about, you know, working hard and the rest will pay off, which was both great advice and also really troubling uh, as I got older, because I sort of learned that like, okay, if I work hard at something, I will get it. Like it, it, like I, it, it was almost like this like linear path that I was taught would happen. And quickly after getting to New York that career, life in general, nothing is linear, mm. right? And so while, of course, things ultimately happen, it, it, it's, just, it's not just like you work hard and you get what you want, right? It's like you work hard and then you have a little success and then you struggle for a long, long, long time. And then you get a little more success and you take two steps back and then three steps forward. And so that's... <laughs> That's something I feel like they did not teach me, but without what they instilled in me about, you know, being able to like really focus on my craft, on my studies at school, on, on without that, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today. Do you have any mentors and are there any standout lessons that come to mind? When I did this youth theater, I did. Uh, the woman who was the artistic director and the choreographer, her name is Rebecca Summers. She teaches, um, she's now teaching at a private school out in New Hope, Pennsylvania. Um, first person who really instilled like this, like love of theater for me and like the craft of musical theater in particular. Um, she was my first dance teacher. She's the one who first taught me steps and technique and how to perform um, and so I, I really do owe my career to her because I think without her, I don't know that I would have, I know for a fact, I wouldn't have this passion that I have now. And I think she really was the one who taught me that passion is what will get you through, right? If you don't 
like love what you're doing, there's no point in doing it. And she instilled the passion in me and then helped foster that so that I could keep that going, obviously, throughout the rest of my career. Is there a particular role that has taught you a significant amount about yourself or the most about yourself? Swinging will teach you the most about yourself. Uh, by the, my very first job out of college, I was in the first national tour of Legally Blonde, and I was a swing. And it was my, again, it was my first pretty professional job. Um, I got my equity card at the summer stock the summer before, but I didn't know what a, I, didn't, I knew what a swing was, but I didn't know, quote unquote, what a swing actually was. Right. And so I was thrown into the show. I had to learn nine tracks. My, the first time I was on stage in Legally Blonde was a week after I got there, and I went on for a split track, which, for those of you who don't know, is you're doing two different roles at the same time, of two roles I wasn't supposed to cover that I had never learned before. And that was my first time on a huge stage like that in a huge production. And so I think swinging taught me a couple things. It taught me that and that that has to be uh, doing your best has to be enough for you. Um, I, I learned that instinct is so important. Um, so much like when I went on for those two split tracks, there were t there were steps and things and placements that I, I didn't really know. But like, with the instincts that I've learned with all of my training, like you kind of just have to like trust that mm. and then allow it to happen. Mm. Um, so I guess trust instinct and trust go sort of hand in hand. And I think trust in general is the lesson that I think I've learned the most now getting older and being in this business for as long as I have is to trust myself, trust the universe, um, and trust the decades of training and experience that I have and know that those, all of those things together will take care of me. Trusting yourself is so important. It's that instinct, that gut feeling, you know, whatever you want to call it. Is there a, or how have you gotten better at listening to yourself and your needs? I think the only way I learned to listen to myself was by, was through years of not listening to myself and not hearing that voice. Um, and that's, I think, the only way that I was able to one day be able to do that. Um, I I have a, a daily spiritual practice that is, is my lifeline um, in this business, um, in living in this city. Um, I, I wake up every morning, I do a 15 minute meditation and I do morning pages and it takes me like 45 minutes and I do it every single morning. And it is the thing that keeps me not just like grounded in my body, my mind, in my heart. Um, but it, I, 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 I'm able to listen to myself, to the universe. Uh, it's the thing that fuels me for the rest of my day. Do you have text that you refer to regularly or any, any scriptures or anything in particular that you, you revert to or refer to? Don't anymore. I used to do a 
lot of uh, reading. Tara Brock is mm -hmm. a spiritual teacher and she, I think she is what helped lay the foundation for my spirituality. Uh, she has a couple different books, um, Radical Acceptance, Radical Compassion. Those two books I would read over and over and over again. And The Dark Night of the Soul, Dark Nights of the Soul by Thomas More is another one that I read when I was struggling very, very deeply um, with addiction. Uh, I read Dark Nights of the Soul and I have come back to that book over and over and over again. So while it's not technically scripture, I do find that these spiritual teachers and these readings, um, they, especially in the beginning of trying to find my spiritual practice were instrumental. I, with ha habits and addiction, you know, kicking one of those and changing your habits, especially, you know, something that has to, that's not great for you can be a massive shift in the body and the, the process of a day. You know, it's like, it's like almost kicking sleep. How do you get rid of sleep? You need sleep. And it's that kind of, I'm so curious what, you know, the particular moments were for you that really had you shift your whole life in a different direction. So, you know, and I'm, I'm very transparent about this because this is a huge part of my story, my growth. I struggled um, years ago um, when I was in my 20s. You know, the I relied so heavily on the business for my happiness, which, you know, it is what it is. And, and I, I, I depended on jobs. I depended on casting directors, directors. I, I needed that external validation in order to feel complete as a person. And as we all know, there are no guarantees in this business. There's no linear path in this business. So when I wasn't getting that, I, I struggled, I struggled deeply and I was depressed and I looked for that validation in substances. And I had a few years where I was, um, I really, I struggled very, very deeply with addiction. And it got to the point where it was too much. I had friends intervene and I ended up going to rehab. And that was the moment when I was able to be pulled out of my world, the world that I knew, right? New York City, show business, all of, all of these aspects that I thought I was controlling that I had absolutely no control over. I was taken away from it. I was stripped away of everything. And that's, it was that moment that I was stopped in my tracks and and was sort of told by others and most importantly by myself, what you're doing is not working. Mm. The way you are navigating the world, the way you are navigating show business is not working. And so now we need to make a huge shift. Mm. And so then I spent the next several months in rehab, in lots of outpatient um, therapy, you know, learning new skills, learning, learning new coping mechanisms, and just finding parts of myself that had been buried so deeply in not just substances, right? But like all of my self-doubt, all of my negative talk, 
Mm. all of the horrible things that I would say to myself after auditions, when other people got jobs, at taking things so personally, like all of that just sort of like came to a head. And then I was like, well, I, I, I need to now navigate. I either need to find a different way to navigate this world and navigate show business, or I need to not do show business at all. Mm. And that was something, that was a huge decision I had to make. And I'm quite glad I decided to continue with show business and find other ways to, you know, find other skills and tools to help me with the validation that I needed, which is intrinsic, right? It's all that internal validation. It all comes from within. Yeah. And that's the, the self-doubt. Everyone's dealing with that. And it's that self-talk, you know, what do you, what do you say to yourself when you're moving through self-doubt? Are there any particular mantras you refer to? I have a specific mantra. My husband, who is a, um, and he always, always, whenever I come to him and I'm feeling self-doubt, I'm feeling angry about something, he always just says this too. will pass and that actually usually helps me i usually have to hear it from him it's not something i ever say to myself but but it's like those two simple words and it just like causes me to pause i take the breath it helps find some space right just to get any sort of perspective you can in those tense tense moments right those moments of doubt those moments of negativity those moments of anxiety like to just be able to be the observer for any part of that just allows some space in between those tense moments. And I feel like the, as many times as I can find the space, which for me, it's not even words, it's breath, right? If I can just like pause with whatever I'm doing and just count to 10 and breathe in and breathe out, that 10 seconds Just taking a breath can make is is huge and has saved me in so many moments, especially things like auditions, where you really have those heightened moments of doubt and anxiety and fear. Yeah. Like it, it, auditioning is a crazy process. It like I once had a casting director. I was doing a workshop, and she was like, "Auditioning is madness." She's like, "It it's not a system that's great. Like it's super failed and so problematic." but nobody has found a different way to cast something. It is the best way that we know. So we continue to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and her whole thing was like, so how can you set yourself up best for success in that incredibly stressful situation? You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.